Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's happiest podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George Demrance. This is a show where we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you. Today on the show, I have actor and host of his own actor director podcast, Dean Ganera. How you doing, Dean? Hey George, how's it going? I'm all right. You know, I always have this tendency to go very over, like production value with my introduction. No, that's in fine. My voice. I'm like, hello, hello. everyone. Uh, I well, listen. I listen to Conan O'Brien. Have you listened to his podcast? He does that all the time, where he's like. He does it overproduction, and his co-hosts are like, um, that was a little bit overproduced, and they just do a whole bit about him overproducing his intro. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate you overdoing it. Okay, that's actually made me feel much better about it. <laughs> check out the check out that podcast, guys. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. It is seriously one of the best podcasts I've listened to. Yeah, he does some good deep diving there, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you a podcast like aficionado? Are you a connoisseur? Uh, I'm not a connoisseur, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to Hamish and Andy. <laughs> Hamish and Andy, Andy, I listen to, and Conan O'Brien. They're my frequents. And then I'll listen to Joe Rogan if he's got a good guest on. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, so that's not. That's pretty much all. Yeah. yeah. You dabble. Yeah. Like, You're you know, Quentin Tarantino. I was like, I had to listen to that one, obviously. Oh, was he on Joe Rogan? Yeah, that recently. Oh, really? Yeah. What's he promoting? His book. He wrote a novelization for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Really? Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. Because I've never seen it. I could imagine. It'd be interesting reading how he writes. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. I guess I'll probably put that on my list. Yeah. Great. Another book. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You've ruined me, man. <laughs> oh, man. It's killing me. This is too be. I, I've, I haven't bought a book in like three months mm. uh, because I'm trying to get through my existing list. But all that's happened is I've just become more and more resentful <laughs> of what's on the pile. It's, gotten, it's getting bad. I've stopped reading. I've given up. I'm out of reading because I'm just so – I don't want to buy another book until I finish some of these books, but I hate these books now so much because they're stopping me from reading. So it's very complicated. Oh, man, if we're going to talk about that, like I've stopped reading as well because sometimes I don't retain the information. Like I'll read a self-help book and I'll read it and then I'm like, I've, I can't remember what – I read in this book. Like, why am I reading? I'm, the information's going in one ear and out the other. So I'm like, am I wasting my time reading these books? Like, what's going on? Firstly, I would say the classic thing is most books shouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> like, as in, the, I've read some big authors who are like, mate, most books are not worthy of your all your time. You should skim them. You shouldn't read them word for word. Um, and I feel like probably the self-help segment might fall more into that than most. But 
Yeah, like, I mean, it just comes down. If you're not interested in it, put it down, yeah. move on. Or take notes aggressively. That's the other one. So that's what I do with my when I'm doing philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's also just because it's so dense, you can't possibly hold on to it because it's just way too much in there. Yeah. I'm obsessed with retaining information because I'm like, there's no point if you don't. <laughs> yeah. They don't remember it. Yeah. I've heard other people say with narrative-based stories, it's not such a bad thing because it's like you can just revisit again. It's like a watching a movie and it's like doing anything. So it's, it's a yeah. nice experience game. But still, I'm like, yeah, but I want to remember it. It's, it messes with me when I don't remember it. Three months later, I'm like, nah, if I can't remember everything. I'm, I'm very extreme. Yeah. <laughs> but there I was like, a, I remember everything. But there was like a Tim Ferriss uh, episode where he talked to Carl Fussman, who did all these interviews. And he said he was writing something and he lost all his notes. Like, he lost them or they got burnt in a fire or something. And he's like, I've got no, no, no more notes. I'm like, how can I? I need to write this paper. I need to write this article. But I don't have my, my interview. How do I do it? And he just, like, tried to recall all the things that he tried to remember. And all the important things actually came up at top. So, all the important notes will stick. So, if you can remember one fact from a book, I think that's pretty good. I'm hoping maybe okay. Depends on the book. I feel like you yeah. might want more than one. Uh, but also, I think it's if you talk to other people about it, and if if it's even worthy of talking to anyone else about it, that's probably a good test. Because if it's not, mm. then it's probably like well, it's probably not that good a book usefulness. Yeah. But then whatever you are sharing with someone in Australia, that's going to be like locked in for yourself as well. So I reckon that yeah that helps. Um, you big on the self help? Yeah, I like. I, I mean, I like to read. It's easier read. You know what yep. I mean? Like, I don't have to use the imagination as much, and you just, it just, it's so useful. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. This, you know, because some people are like really fancy with their words, like Tolkien. You know, he's so descriptive. I'm like, I don't know what that word is. I kind of assume I know what that word means. And you're just going on and you're trying to it decipher. On and on. on and on. <laughs> and you're trying to decipher this bloody thing. And, you know, and then you read this self help book, and it's just like, oh, yeah, I went to the store, I did this, I did that. And you're like, Oh, this is such a breezy, nice read, you know. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, yeah, all right. That's, a, that's I don't know how much credibility you just lost, <laughs> but maybe you've won over some people. <laughs> There's all these big words and stuff. It's just like I like my words small and little. <laughs> They're easy to read, then. Well, you can look. You can tell by your uh, graphic title on Instagram that I've picked a comic book and not a a book book. So <laughs> hey, it hey, says no. it. It says it all. Comic books are books. Okay, they are book books. They Alan are. Alan Moore. He's a novelist as well as being a very celebrated comic writer. So you know exactly. He he's in the top. Out. He's in the top uh, one hundred best uh, books of all time, according to Time Magazine. Watchmen. So it is legit, people. Comic books are legit, and if Egyptians could do it, they they thought it was cool. Why can't we? So okay, just to, I, I'm, I, this is a pet peeve. I'm going to have to clarify. Hieroglyphs were letters. <laughs> They're not comic books. Okay, hieroglyphs was a reading style, obviously cuneiform sort of alphabet, whatever. But it's not the same as comic books. Okay. Well, the they pictures were still symbolic of a meaning, though, rather than just a picture of whatever. Yeah, it's sort of symbolic of meaning. They meant it's not a letter. It means more than just a letter. It means like well, it's a symbol of something. It's a picture. Yeah, but it is a letter. Okay. Look, the point is, it's not the same thing. People say that. Not okay, the cave paintings then. Better done. Cave painting, which is more painting. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, but it's paintings. Maybe there's one or two. There's a progression three. in it. There's, there's a, a progression. Okay. You know, a tripit. A what is it? Triptych. Triptych. Yeah. yeah. That's you know, a, one, two, three. You know, that's, a, that's this world's shortest comic. That's I guess every guy comic is a triptych. Yeah. If you just made him on big enough panels. Yeah. 
<laughs> but oh god all right well look let's uh <laughs> i've alienated all your audience and yeah. uh this is the end of bookish this is the last episode and uh oh, you wish i'll still be doing this if no one's listening um <laughs> since i know you so i feel like i can almost summarize some of this quite a bit okay because you're an actor mm-hmm. you've been doing it for like how many years now? 2008 years? I started. 2008. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But you've, so you've done... Uh, I, actually, I actually started acting because of uh, radio, actually. Okay. Yeah. So I was like in a pretty depressed um, place in my life. I had nothing going for me. I had no goals, no, no drive. And um, I was kind of like, oh, I need more experiences. I need more opportunities. I need to live more life to be a more fulfilled man or whatever. So I was kind of like th- that movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey. Not that I watched that movie for experience, but I was doing that kind of philosophy of just saying yes to opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I met an old uh, friend from high school and he was like, dude, I'm doing Sin Radio, the youth network radio at RMIT. He's like, we need someone to read the news at 6, 7 and 8 o'clock in the morning. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, I want to be on the radio and read the news. Sure, that sounds amazing. So, um, yeah, I would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, I'd read the news, have to type it out in my own words, Uh, I'd have to find like three news articles, a sport, and then the weather, and then I'd uh, present it on the news, Uh, present it on the the radio. Would you have to go into the studio? Yeah, we'd have to go into the studio, so be like down at RMIT, so get there at like 6 o'clock in the morning, I'd present the news, and then they'd be like, okay. Cool, you've done your news. Uh, go to the computer lab in the building opposite the road. Start Googling news, see if there's any new news updates in the hour. And then if you have to change it, change it. Otherwise, um, say the same news stories that you said at 6 o'clock for 7 o'clock. Okay. And then what after that? You were done? And then, so yeah, so they did 6, 7, and 8 o'clock. But I, would, I didn't care about the news. Yeah. That, that's the thing. I I gave zero fucks. It was like when Rudd was uh, becoming prime minister. Rudd in uh, 07. Um, Kevin 07. Kevin 07, yeah. So, it's Kevin 07. That iconic. 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 And I was talking about like weird news stories like Spinal Tap had uh, come back and uh, reformed for Live Aid. And I was talking about some guy had a... Uh, a fist fight, or in a in a bar, and some guy shoved a pool cue up someone's ass. Like that's the kind of news stories I was saying. Because I'm like, it's youth. No one cares about the news. The youth don't care about the news. Like I think for some context for anyone listening, uh, this was in the noughties when youth were less concerned. It was less news back then. <laughs> yeah. so much less news. Yeah, so much less news. <laughs> so much I, you know, ah, makes sense. Yeah, you got to you, you look as a youth network. Yeah, you probably could put in a more weird. News article, but you still got to open with like the what's happened in the world. People want to know. Yeah, but I just was like, what's interesting to me? Do you know what I mean? So I just find that stuff, and I'm like, yeah, this is what I like. Surely everyone else likes this news as well. No, no, that's a, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, nice, then, and very then specific thing, yeah, yeah, and then eventually, like, I would sleep in. I wouldn't make the news, so some, you know, like they just wouldn't have to do the news that day. You know, but it's all volunteer. I wasn't getting paid for it or anything. Exactly. But the guy doing the breakfast radio show, he did three years of acting school. So I was like, he looks like he's having a fun time. He gets to stay in the studio the whole time. He's just talking nonsense and garbage. There was even one time when 
he was doing the show by himself. And he's like, dude, you want to come on the radio with me and just talk about a segment or something? I'm like, yeah, sweet. So I did that, had a lot of fun. And I was like, yeah, man. That's a, I did not know that's how you started. So you, you weren't into acting as the craft it was. I was very into acting. I just didn't have the balls to do um, any kind of acting training or schools or learnings. I grew up obsessed with movies and just, you know, I'd watch the character in a movie and then I'd act out that part. I'd walk out and, you know, if I watched Star Wars, I'd be walking out like more stoic, like a Jedi, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. So, yeah, I always was into acting but, you know, my mum... Uh, she was like, you can be anything you want except an actor. And I was like, okay. Smart woman. Smart woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Industry's dying, mate. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she, she knew what was coming. She could see the writing on the wall and she yeah. said, acting, you know. But funnily enough, you know, when I started doing it, she was like, oh, yeah, I used to love acting when I was in high school. I was really good. And then I found out my grandfather also wanted, wanted to be an actor. And he applied for this Italian acting school and then his father saw the letter and ripped it up and said, you're not going to acting school. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Multi-generational yeah. Act- aspiring actors. That's amazing. Okay, so that's- uh, I only found out about that on, at the funeral, like when he died. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why did anyone <laughs> tell me? <laughs> I'm but, the actor. Yeah. But I did do like three years of film school mm-hmm. when I when I left- um, high school, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, here's my people. These are all my people. Like, you know, we're all into film. We're all obsessed about film." Okay, so you did love it. You just had never considered yourself actually doing the acting side of things until someone had actually raised it as a possibility. That's also funny as well. Like, I did want other careers, but it was all based on a certain movie or a certain thing. Like, I wanted to be a detective, and that's because <laughs> of not current, not 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 um. Not Sherlock Holmes or anything, but Basil, the great mouse detective. Oh, that makes it much better. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 I had the novelization of Basil, the great mouse detective. Oh, yeah. That could be the book. <laughs> We're not going to do the novelization of Basil, the great mouse detective, although it probably is a great book, to be honest. It's just you can't switch around. You've already picked yours. You should have said that at the start. I should have. Uh, so you're going to become a detective. I was going to be a forensic scientist. Yeah. That's what I wanted to be. This was before CSI. I was into forensic science before CSI came before about. Before it was cool. Before it was cool. But I oh never watched God. CSI, apparently. So. Well, so instead of doing that, you're like, no, no, I've got to grow up. I'm going to become an actor instead. <laughs> well, here's well, the thing. I wanted to be a detective and then I grew out of that. And then I saw the movie Top Gun. And then I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Okay. You know? And then I was watching any movie that had like a fighter pilot sequence. I was watching that movie and I was like, sweet, I'm going to be a fighter pilot. They had this magazine at the newsagent where you you know you collect the the things and you build up the binder of all these thing of all these facts and I had had everything about fighter jets and planes. So I was like, oh cool and I had a cool black stealth bomber on the front. I was like, sweet, I'm going to collect this binder of all these things and I'd read it obsessively learning about all the planes and stuff. Um but then I f- made the discovery that in order to be a fi- fighter pilot, you have to not be colorblind. Yeah. How colorblind are you? Uh, Red-green colorblind, so it's enough. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. Those sound like pretty common colors. Yeah. Guess what else you can't be when you're colorblind? A forensic forensic scientist. Are you serious? Yeah. 
a detective, a croupier. Uh, you can't be a security guard at the airport. Like, I love the range of jobs as well. But yeah, like, firefighter. Just... You can't do any military. Um, you can't do any of that. If you can't be a line. private investigator. I feel like a PI doesn't really have a. Well, you got to follow, follow, following cars. You know. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's no. Jo- I feel like a PI is just a PI, right? Anyone? Can yeah, do it. you'd be surprised. <laughs> I can't trust believe. me. I, I I tried. I tried to apply for them. So basically, I'm the opposite of everyone else. Where. I tried to do all the fallback careers and failed and acting is my ultimate fallback where I'm like, if this acting thing doesn't work, then I'm screwed. I can't. That's hilarious. I just I don't know. I don't know if you're doing a bit at this point. <laughs> it's not a bit. Oh. This is the bit called my life. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. So you started doing yeah. So you got the acting. You got the taste of actually going into acting. Uh, just at this point, I'm sure you hadn't settled on it as a career. You're just sussing it out. So yeah, you, you jumped around for a few years uh, doing. So yeah, you did a few short course, like short courses, and then you- and then I did a play playing Salvador Dali. Um, and I was obsessed with it because I was like, I'm playing a real dude, and anyone that goes on YouTube can YouTube this guy and see how accurate I am. So I was like, holy fuck, I need to be obsessive and I need to study the fuck out of this um, because if people see the real dude and compare me, I'm fucked. I'm dead in the water and then my performance is shot because he's like a world-famous artist. So I obsessively studied this part for three months and I got nominated for a uh, an acting award nice. for Best Supporting Actor. How obsessively... Were you obsessing? Like, I didn't watch TV. I didn't watch movies. I just, like, bought every book that I could. I, re- I bought his auto uh, autobiography, which was, like, a crazy, crazy. He talks about being in the womb and stuff and, like, being birthed out of the womb and stuff. Like he, <laughs> What a tripper. Yeah. It's very, tri- very, very trippy. And he really knows English language extremely well. Lots of big words. Lots of big words. Oh no! Lots of big words. Oh, God. Lots of big words. He he's he, he he knew his shit. Okay. Yeah, it was quite quite a read. Um, but yeah, I obsessively studied, and then so I got nominated for this award. I was nominated in the wrong category. Apparently, like the head the head of the awards came up to me and was like, "Hey, um, if you were nominated under best under under comedy." You would have won, but because you they put you in the drama, the plate under drama, you lost to the dude that did Biff in Death of a Salesman. Yeah, and I was like standard. Yeah, yeah, and I was like fuck, goddamn comedy. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but there's a we loved it. Your performance was hilarious, but it just yeah, it you wasn't know, drama. It just wasn't drama. Yeah, wasn't drama. So I was like fuck, but that gave me confidence, and I was like cool. I need to treat acting... I think I can treat acting as a career, not a hobby. Yep. And then that's when I joined the lab. Right. In 2012. And then you're like, all right, I'll go suss out this uh, method style. So, for anyone who doesn't know, the lab is basically Melbourne Actors Lab, which is like a very much a focus on the uh, like method style of acting, mm-hmm. which is where you inhabit the character and you become them, essentially. The idea is that you're acting. Yeah. It's character-based acting, essentially. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the character the words work. don't matter. It's all about you taking on that person yeah and also like being like using yourself as an instrument as well 
You know what I mean? Like you go into acting and you're like, oh, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to be this guy with all these plates of armor and stuff. It's like, no, we need to deep into the diggest, into the deepest part of yourself, the core of yourself. And we need to show that to the audience. You know, we need to play what we see you as. And I'd always get the suicidal, depressed, romantic guy. That was your look. That was my look. That was your vibe. That was my vibe. And that's what I got. So, you know, my first scenes were like me jumping off a bridge and falling in love with someone else that wants to jump off a bridge and a depressed guy that's in love with this other girl, but he constantly has this relationship with a hooker and, yeah, playing Ratso in Midnight Cowboy. Um, that's all right. That's the interesting ones. Yeah, I get the interesting characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm the character actor. I'm not the handsome, good looking, which is fine. Like, I'm totally happy with this typecast. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, where, the, um, that's where the interesting stuff is, anyway. Yeah. Generic so, guys. Yeah, I'm definitely not the generic guy. I get all the weird, wonderful, crazy dudes. So, I'm like, best typecast to be. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very happy with my, with my life. Nice. Okay. Well, and that's and that's been since then. You've been doing lab since then, basically acting as well as the work. Yeah. So I was at the lab for like seven, eight years. Yeah. So it's more like an acting gym than a acting class with yeah. things. So basically, the the idea behind the class is it's it's based on the actor's studio, um, in America. So basically, that's the place where you get to hone your craft and keep your instrument sharp while while you're in between jobs. Yeah, it's a whole deeper perspective on the actor relationship as well. I mean, that's what your podcast is about, right? Because your attitude is more that like people don't appreciate the actor-director relationship, right? Well, there's no information about that. Mm. Like I've always like read up about all this information and I've never found that information on how to work with directors, you know, or like how to direct actors. And Quentin Tarantino went to acting school for four years. And no one knows that. Everyone wants to be the next Tarantino. I was like, did you know he went to acting school for four years? Oh, yeah, I don't need to know about that. I just need to know about how to work a camera and how to shoot things. And I went to, you know, acting, you know, film school for three years and I didn't learn how to direct actors. Mm. Like it was very shallow, very, didn't talk about the method, how to work with method actors, how to improvise, how to do any of that stuff. I've learned more about directing actors in acting school than I have. Film yeah, school. Yeah. So, I'm like, there's a gap here. It's a niche. You know what I mean? Like, every other film thing is about how to, you know, make, do pretty cinematography and, you know, pretty pictures and all that kind of stuff and how to tell a story in visuals, but they don't actually talk about how to have a relationship with an actor and how to do that. So, that's why we started the podcast. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and you still love it? Still love it. Still uh, love acting? Still love acting. Um. Really, yeah, still love acting, still taking opportunities. You know, if any, if there's people at the lab, you know, like old friends that we acted together, they want to make a short film and they, and they ask me, like, I'll generally say yes to them and do projects with them. Like, making your own films is very much more rewarding than, um, than like being hired for a job. Yeah. I guess because it's just more of more of you in it, right? Well, it's not about being more, but you get more creative control. You get to tell the stories you want to do. You know, you're not a cog in a wheel. You're like the man. That's what I meant. I meant the- more of you as in your craft is in it. Like as in rather than just one part, you're a 
across all of it. So yeah. not necessarily you got more screen time. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. There's yeah. more of you in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you know. No, screen time is great well, too. I mean, but... yeah, it's, yeah. Who doesn't love screen time? But, yeah, yeah, you know, but then also like who wants to watch themselves on screen as well? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> but no, you don't want to. Well, you know, I do it like, you know, half with hands covering my eyes and just peeking through my fingers. Oh, bro, you need more motivational self-help things. You got to love yourself, baby. Yeah, like, you know, I love myself to an extent. Like, hey, that was a good job, but when it's bad, oh boy, it's like, you just, it's like, it's like worse than any horror movie you ever watched. Yeah, yeah, I know, definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you should do comedy. Don't do comedy. Um, the stand-up comedy. Uh, but firstly, let's go into the book and then jump around from there because yes, yeah. your book of choice for today is... Uh, Batman and the Court of Owls. I think that's what the title is. <laughs> this is me shaking my head. <laughs> what do you mean you think that's what the title is? You know what the title of the damn book is? Yeah, Batman and the Court of Owls, something like that. Um, I've never even heard of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which I thought I was across a lot of comic book stuff. Yeah. So wh- why? What, what is it? Why do you like it? Okay, so basically this guy's dream was to write for Batman. Just wanted to tell Batman stories and his idea was I've only got one shot to tell a Batman story. I'm going to tell the best story that I have in my mind. If mm-hmm. I only get one opportunity to write, this is the definitive story that I want to tell and it's the Court of Owls. And the Court of Owls are this new uh, villain that he created for the Batman mythos and now they're like still running in the comics uh, and basically, the story is about like Batman. We we assume that Batman knows his city. He's like, I'm Batman. I know my city. I know everything about it. I know about Gotham. I know how to run it. And basically, the Court of Owls are this secret society that have been running in the underground of Gotham, and they've been secretly pulling the strings. And they're like, No, you know, we got to stop Batman and stuff because he, he thinks he knows about this city he's wrong we'll show him and he they really like psychologically fuck him up over 12 issues right hmm. and uh were you when did you first read that i read it issue by issue when it came out so i think it was 2012 ish right. yeah Okay, and, and did you know from the start, you're like, oh, this is sick? Yeah, it was really sick because he used like, and like the owl is like a natural predator of the bat. All right. So, it, you know, so I was like, oh, it's it's owls and you know what I mean? So, it used that kind of, um, that kind of, yeah, like there's a lot of background about city and, and belonging and, and architecture and using the, the image of the owl as a natural predator of the bat and how he overcomes it and how does Batman fight what he doesn't know and what he's not prepared for. And and then he has to deep dive and learn about his city and these people in order to, to fight them. And right. they've got like this history and they've pulled the strings on how he became Batman and Alfred and his All right, family. Okay. Yeah. So they did a full proper retcon. Yeah, like it was a f- very, very much a thing. And I think there's a element where he might have a brother or something and- yeah, maybe so. I'll chuck it on the list. Chuck it on the list. I, know, I, I, I was enjoying Batman comics, and then I got Batman Hush. I think. It was yeah, called. Hush. Yeah, it sucked. Mm. I hated it so mm. much, which is maybe different for you. But for me, I hated it. Yeah. And I, to the point where I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to read anything from these guys again. It was just that bad. But um, I'm open to trying it again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> basically, basically, he did another 
comic book called uh, The Black Mirror, which was more into continuity of Batman. So, where like Batman has died and, and, and Dick Grayson becomes Batman. And it was a really super dark psychological tale. And um, yeah, that's a really good book. Mm. So, he did that and it was so successful. They basically rebooted the whole DC universe and started from issue one again. And Court of Owls was like the issue one of the new Batman series and oh, stuff. Oh, right. Okay. So, basically, they rewrote everything. So, it was like the very first. Like, So, now a new reader, if you're reading Batman, you can start at the Court of Owls and you can you don't know, have to know anything. And it was basically him at the start of his career and they just reintroduced, reintroduced everything. But they still like said that everything happened to Batman, what happened, but it was like condensed into a five-year period. So this guy had his like the dream session on Batman. This guy yeah. always dream was to always write for it. And then he actually got it and he nailed smashed it out of the park. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. And he wrote Batman for like 60 issues or something. All right. Yeah. And he even did like his own Batman year one over 12 issues and showed like how this Batman came to be and his rise. And um, by the looks of it, it looks like the new Batman movie that's coming out next year has taken some inspiration from that as well. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, were you always, are you big, you're a big comic book guy? Yeah. Always been a massive comic book guy. All right. Uh, so, uh, like, I guess DC or Marvel? Ooh. Um, but, like, I love DC because it's, like, 
I guess, the mythology of the heroes. Yeah. Uh, that's why, I, no, definitely the uh, DC uh, universe, just uh, partially because it was first as well. Mm. It's got more mythic. It's more yeah. mythic in its its nature. It's more uh, archetypal, if you want to go. The yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. And you just see, you know what I mean? Like I grew up, you know, watching the old school 1930s Superman cartoon. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that was classic. Yeah. yeah. What happened to that? I, I remember loving that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and fighting the robots and that, you know, like the punching the beam and stuff, you know what I mean? It's, so good. Yeah. Fuck, and that, I forgot about that yeah. cartoon. That cartoon was sick. Yeah. I they spent like a million dollars per episode or something crazy. Really? Like, yeah, back in the day. Something ridiculous. But they spent like all the money in the world. And that's why the later cartoons don't look as good because they just don't spend the time and the money and the effort. But they I they actually treated it like a serious thing back in the 1930s. I completely forgot about that cartoon. I love that thing. Mm. That's Maybe that's why I love Superman. Also, because he's the best. Well, yeah. like I used to watch that basically the the Batman the animated series, and that was an amazing thing. And then they did like a Superman animated series, and then they did a Justice League cartoon, and it's all the same universe. Justice League was sick. Yeah, Justice League was sick, but all the best episodes had Superman and Batman in them. And then I was like, Superman is like a really cool character when he's really tested, when he's facing against Darkseid, or when he that episode where he dies and stuff. I was like, oh, my favorite episodes have, like, Superman in it. I was like, fuck, I think Superman's, like, my boy, my character. You know what I mean? And then I rewatched the animated series of Superman. And I was like, this is an amazing. He's so cool. Like, so, yeah, I really fell in love with Superman. I just love the colors as well. Like, I see red, red, blue, and yellow, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know. Like, it just makes me happy seeing those color com- combinations. So, you reckon Superman probably your fave? <sighs> yeah. You're so indecisive. I'm so indecisive. But like, I have too much. This is why. Look, this is why I don't have any tattoos because I can't. Like, you know, I I have my periods where I'm just like, ah, now I'm feeling Batman. Now I'm feeling Superman. But it just depends on what property or what thing they're doing. Where I'm like, this is this is the shit. Yeah. Um. So okay, but it's always the focus on the hero side of things. Have you? Like the hero's element of comics is part of the appeal, I guess, and those mm. stories. Like yeah, that. like I've always like read superhero comics. Like I don't really like delve into like horror comics or any other those kind of. It's always been superheroes, which I feel. I wonder if how much that relates to people who like read self help stuff, the motivational thing, and then also the superhero thing because there's like mm. there's an aspirational element to that sort of yeah. thing. Because like, I, I I love all that stuff as well. Yeah. Do you have a? Have you always been in? Like just just this is a bit of a tangent, possibly. Um. Have you, because you're always into superheroes, obviously. Always been into the motivational self-help stuff as well? The self-improvement sort of thing? No. Um, it came later. Came later. Okay. Came later when I needed it. Like, you know, when I was just in my dark days. Oh, your dark days. <laughs> <laughs> I like laughing as we're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know, behind, you, know, like they, you know, it's like what they say, you know, like what we learned in the Batman comics, tragedy and comedy are the same coin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is taking a sharp turn, I guess. <laughs> Do you want to talk about what was this? Was there something specific that happened, or was it? Oh no, just you know, a lot of a lot of events happened in my life when I was younger, where you know, dropped out of film school, broke up with a girlfriend, lost my dream job at a cinema, and by dream job at a cinema, my only aspiration was to work there for twenty years and get that card that lets you watch free movies for life. Okay, that was my inspiration. <laughs> And then I lost that job and I was like, oh boy, depression for days, you know. And until I started acting is when I regained some confidence and, you know. So, even acting is like, a, you know, people go there to learn about themselves and do that for like self-help as well. 
Mm. So, yeah, so it's been a quite – because you have to use look at the mirror and see who you are and use every aspect of yourself to, mm. to tell these characters. Right. So. Yeah, that's true, actually. You've got to do a deep dive into self there. So, it's an appreciation of who you are. In yeah. That sense. There is, like, that element, I think, um, with the heroes and the aspirational stuff. And that's why I'm trying to, like, figure yeah. that out. Because I guess you – because you've said at the same time that you were never the hero type in terms of your character and stuff. Like, mm. that's how you were seen. Um. Did you feel a gap there? Did you ever feel like, oh, you wanted to be more, I guess, heroic is the word I would use straight away? Did you feel like there was a aspirational element there for yourself or not really? It's really funny. I actually came up with an idea for like a Shazam comic or Captain Marvel or what it used to be called. Uh, I used to work at JB Hi-Fi for like seven years and there used to be this little old lady that used to come to the store and she'd spend like two hours in the store and she'd spend like 200 bucks on horror movies. The rules were you couldn't, uh, the dog, no no dogs could die during this movie. That was the rule. So, if it was a horror movie and a dog died, couldn't sell it to her. But if no dogs, uh, if all dogs were not harmed during the making of the movie, that was a A-OK and she would love it and she'd buy it. Anyway, so I was a resident movie geek at JB Hi-Fi, and she would always come to me and like, hey, can I, you know, I want to talk to Dean. I don't want to talk to Dean. I want him to sell me movies. And I would spend like hours with this woman and like work would get upset at me because I was spending all my time with this one customer. I'm like, well, this one customer is spending $200. What do you want? Like we're here as it's customer service. We're not like, you know, but JB Hi-Fi, you know, sold themselves on the stock market. You know, it's all about business and stock and pumping out pumping out the content, Yep. you know. And I'm like, nah, it's about people. It's about customer service. So, I'm like trying to help this person. And I was like, what about like a hero like Shazam? And he wants to be this hero, but he's a 12-year-old boy. But he's like, I want to help people. You know what I mean? And then like Superman has Lois Lane. And then what if this little old lady... He helps this little old lady and then he's like feels he's indebted to continue to help this little old lady. And this little old lady keeps pestering him and calling out, Shazam, Shazam. And he's like, I'm here. What's the problem? Can you like pick up that thing from the top shelf? Can you help me do my grocery? And all these other heroes are laughing at him like, all right, go help your old little old lady, blah, blah, blah. And then he (laughs) gets kind of resentful and then he kind of stops ignoring her because he's trying to be cool in front of the heroes and then the old granny becomes like this supervillain. But, uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that would be a really cool story, but based on my experiences and dealing with this lady, I'm just like, look, I'm just trying to help this little old lady who needs help, but then, you know, feels indebted and he's just, you know, and she's like, oh, I just need help. And it's like, well, she does, but she kind of doesn't as well. <laughs> but only a 12-year-old boy would feel... Indebted, or you as well, by the sound of it. Yeah, exactly. Who wasn't twelve years old? Who wasn't twelve years old, but just had a young mind, a child at heart. That's why I'm an actor. Oh, I just, I feel like someone could write a fucking thesis when you just did there. Okay, so ah, oh, you're hurting my brain. Okay. Part two coming soon, folks. So when I asked if you. <laughs> Ever felt like there was a gap in heroic? You talked about a time when you were helping someone, but then you ended up feeling resentful for them because they made the rest of you, other people, dislike you or get angry at you. 
Yeah, <laughs> and you wrote a whole story about it. Yeah, I was gonna like sell it to DC. Like, can I use this Shazam thing and just do like a one-off comic book? It's like you're trying to be difficult with me, which is fair enough. You know, I am very open-ended in my questions, so you know it's fair play. <laughs> so, <laughs> story aside of helping an old lady out and then coming to resent her. Res- I didn't resent her. I didn't resent. I'm not saying anything. No, I you didn't, didn't resent her. Shazam I just, her. yeah, Shazam, Shazam. But you know, but I was like trying to tell a story. Like, how does he get out of this? You know, okay. like he like goes. Yeah, of course. He goes like he goes. There's more. There's more fires. There's bigger problems than helping you out. And then she gets resentful and stuff. Or he's like, I want a Lois Lane. I just want like someone who, you know, want to help another young girl out or whatever. You know, who could be a potential love interest, not this girl, old woman. So, okay. So, uh, to go back to, so the reason you were liking, because this, this show is about just trying to figure out wait, reasons that you might like this might be your favorite. And obviously, I've gone with a broader comic book trend rather than specifically Batman because uh, it sounds like that's kind of what you meant. You were tossing up between a few. That's why superheroes are interesting in what they represent to different people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's like that idea, like, I guess, okay. Here's why I like story superheroes. Here's, here's the real answer. I guess with me with storytelling, I always like look for the lesson on like how to live a better life. So yeah, I guess it is that self help thing. I was like, you know, like reading that Scott Snyder thing. He eventually he would talk about being the better man or learning about himself in order to overcome the villains or whatever. So if a story generally has like a way of helping you or becoming better, that's the kind of story I gravitate towards. So if there's a lesson of like, this is how to live a life or this is how to live life, and that's what art is, is like teaches you how to live life or be acceptable in life or be more than you are in life. So I guess I've always gravitated towards those stories. Huh. So that's interesting you're saying that now because they, they, I never even made that connection. But what you're essentially saying there, and this is me totally putting words in your mouth, um, you mentioned that you weren't into the motivational self-helpy stuff until later in life, but you're always into superhero stuff, mm. which sounds like it was actually satisfying an element of that. Yeah, exactly. Like it, there is that kind of motivational is like, you know, Batman is the ultimate self-made man. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he didn't become Batman just by being rich, you know, like he studied years in Tibet. You know, training to be a ninja, you know, he learned how to be a magician, he learned how to be a detective, he, you know, he maintains his body like he does, you know, meditation and exercises to keep his mind and body sharp. So, yeah, I guess, you know, and even Superman, like, you know, in some of other stories, like he's a super genius, you know, because he can read books really fast and, you know, some of the stories by um, Grant Morrison have delved in that thing of like he's trying to cure cancer at the fortress of solitude like he's not just you know leaping built buildings in a single bound and ripping people out of fiery cars and fighting supervillains he's actually trying to solve the world's problems as well as mm. opposed to just being a guy that can punch things real hard yeah people can mislike yeah people can mislead get mistaken there with superman don't get me started <laughs> i feel like we could talk about superheroes all day I get all comic books and my love of them are just like a small part of what I love. Like movies is my first and like pretty much my own, my my obsession of choice. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I always grew up as a as a movie fan, mm. but um, 
you know, like I was obsessed. The very first thing I was ever obsessed with was uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And all I would do was recite those magic words and stuff and all I would talk about was that. And my parents thought there was something wrong with me. And they're like, uh-oh, that's all he talks about. That's the only thing he talks about. That's the only thing he shows off. That's the only thing he performs. We're in trouble because he is obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always, you know, been drawn to animation, cartoons, and and movies. Like right. I've just always been, you know, go outside play or sit home and watch movies. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a. It's funny, right? Because you do acting now, and it's like you got to watch. You got to not watch. You got to always watch movies, but you also got to go out and bloody live. Yeah, <laughs> life and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You got to go even it out and be like, oh fuck, I got to go out there and talk to some people because, like, yeah, you do yeah. too much of that when you're younger. Yeah, absolutely. You feel that a bit? Yeah, of course. You know, like, um, yeah, like I've always struggled with that side of acting. You know what I mean? Like living the life of the artist. You know what I mean? Like living a life to draw upon to tell your art. Like I can be like your Tarantinos and your Edgar Wrights and your Scorsese and like, oh, this movie's from this movie. We grab from that reference and we put that there. We make this story and we put all our references together. Like my first short film I ever made, I kind of fucked up because I was very disorganized and I had to stop filming and – it was a complete mess. And I'm like, how do I save this film? And then I was like, what if I turn my movie into a movie trailer? And that's the movie. So then I nice. ca- so then I called it the movie trailer movie. Because, like, I was obsessed yeah. with movie trailers uh, in my late teenage years. Because, like, the first internet, the first thing you could download. And I would just download movie trailers and watch movie trailers on repeat every day. Oh, they're they're un- underappreciated art form the movie trailer. Yeah. Um but so basically yeah, so I had that but I never was really like living life like I struggled with girls most of my life. Um and yeah, so like I was like ah like this is all going well for me, you know, I'm acting, I'm doing all these things, but I just had this nagging thing in the back of my mind like uh, I'm not dating, I'm not going out, I'm not having relationships, there's no, no nothing crazy, I don't have any crazy stories or adventures that's happening to me, fuck, you know what I mean, like, what's going to happen, like, I can't, I can't draw anything, you know, because like, you go to acting school, it's like, oh, remember, you know, everyone's had this relationship where you broke up with a girl and blah, 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 and I'm like, uh... Yeah, I don't have that experience to draw from. I know from movies on what a breakup breakup looks like. You know, this fake construction of someone else's idea of what that looks like. So, yeah, I always had this nagging, nagging thing about that. And uh, eventually, I was like, you know, COVID yeah. last year. I was like, no, nah, I got to take some action. I got to do some self-development and I got to like double down because like all acting was shut down, filmmaking was shut down, like podcast, we weren't doing the podcast because we don't want to do it over Zoom. So we're like, okay, now's the time to like double down and work that shit out and work out and be a better man and actually apply the self-development things that I was learning in these books and these courses and actually applying it and having a group of um, other guys that were struggling as well and doing that. 
So, right. That's a, okay. Um, and that's and it's yielded benefits, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm dating. Now I'm having like these crazy adventures and stories, and that's amazing. Going out, and now I'm like, now I feel like fulfilled, and like I'm living more of a balanced life, and I don't have that nagging thing of like you're supposed to be living a life, and you know, I don't know how it's going to feed the acting in the future, but you know, I definitely have like interesting things to talk about and. You would think it would also you're gonna be have more stuff to pull from. Yeah, more yeah, more pull from experiences and yeah. So I'm not in a rush to like settle down now because now I'm like, oh, I'm dating now. Like, let me see what I like and don't like. Because you know, like when I like when I had a girlfriend when I was 21, you know, the idea was you wanted a girl that liked all the similar stuff that you you did. Do you know what I mean? And then you realize, wait a second, I don't want that. Because then, like, now all my attachment, when we break up, now I think I'm watching my favorite thing and now I'm thinking about the girl the time we, like, were watching that thing. That's a rather cynical take on the whole thing, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's not... Because you you can... It just adds flavor. Yeah, it does does add flavor. depth. Yeah, I remember, like, I, I I showed, you know, my girlfriend Star Wars and the thing that she loved the most was, like, the stormtrooper bumping his head on the door. And I had to rewind and play that bit like 10 times. Is it your girlfriend from years and years, years ago? Years and years ago, yeah. yeah. The first one I had. You so, know. you still remember that? Yeah. That's a color. Yeah, that's a color, yeah. yeah so well, it's, it's fine now. But like before I was like, oh, no, we have to like the same things because I want to do the same things that, you know, I want to have the same interests so we can watch the same movies and read the same comic books and play the same video games and blah, 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 blah. Mm. And now I'm like, nah, like when we have differences, it's fun. There's tension. It's kind of interesting now because now it's like, oh, let me learn about your thing and you can learn about my thing and it's so much more colourful now. Well, that sounds that sounds like a healthy growth regardless. Yeah. But uh, I just think it's interesting like, yeah, so you had a long period where you just weren't living life like I guess there was a big gap, right? Yeah, yeah, massive gap. Like I didn't, um, yeah, hadn't had any relationship, any nothing. I wasn't dating for like 16 years. And did you feel on top of that, like, because I'm not even talking specifically about the dating side, although that is a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, a massive- very long time. It's a massive long <laughs> But, you know, like, I, I look, I, look. so what would happen is I, I would try to work on it. It'd be too hard. Like, oh, you got to go approach that girl and talk to that stranger or you got to, you know, but I guess I, w- I never was sharing any vulnerable side of me. I was like, I'll open up when she opens up. And, like- that's never going to happen. She doesn't trust you because you're closed off. And I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? And I look like a character actor. I look like, you know, if I have, a, if I have that mustache, oh boy, you know, people will talk. Yeah, yeah. You got to yeah, you got to be playing up. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah, work it. You work it. You know what I mean? So it's like the the struggle of being the character actor and living up that, that typecast. And then it's like, yeah, but I've got to be an attractive guy. I can't. Do that. So it was just this constant back of forth of like dating would be too hard, and then I'd be like, okay, I'll do the acting thing. But then I was like, oh, I don't feel like I'm good enough to get an agent or like have a show reel and stuff, and that's too hard. Then I go back to dating, and it'd just be this constant seesaw of like, when things got too hard, I do the other thing, and then things get too hard, and then yeah, yeah. it was this constant back and forth. So first, I'm super happy that it's good now because this makes us able to have this conversation, um, which is fantastic. And for everyone, what do you mean it was good now? 
What you're saying is in you've improved. Oh, good. Now. Personal oh, I, thought you mean, I thought you meant this. I thought you meant this conversation. It's good now. <laughs> no. Okay, maybe you do need some more self-development, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What do you mean? It's just God. No, self-development. So we can talk over this conversation because yeah. I'm not even thinking specifically of relationships. Although that obviously is a very key part of what you're saying. Yeah. Um. Which. Uh, but even outside, like being sociable and being extroverted, did you feel like maybe that was something you didn't have and now you've got more or was that always there? It was just literally just this one element of it, which was, I guess, dating and relationships in that sense that you felt was lacking. I'm just curious. Yeah, I guess. Because you can't. Yeah, be look, that, look, you know, know, look, I was very logical, very logical. Like, oh, I just tell jokes and just, you know, like they say, oh, I fell in love with him because he was the funny guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, just tell jokes and just keep being funny. But that gets old really fast. <laughs> You know, watch a movie where it's comedy all the time. We think we want that, but if there's no drama, it gets boring and it's like a terrible movie. But if it's, you know, you have some substance and some depth depth and some vulnerability and there's a real person behind all these jokes, then that becomes a better movie and a better story to tell. I love your frame of reference. It's still totally movies. <laughs> yeah. that Look, this is the framework of how, like how obsessed I was, like my framework for living life was always through a lens of a movie. Mm. Like that was my total guidepost. Like everything was movie related. Everything was, you know, what, how does it work in a frame of a movie? So I was completely and totally obsessed. Yeah. Did you feel like there was an escapism element? Oh, yeah. I was always an escape artist, always escaping life, like reading, watching movies, you know, never dealing with anything hard you know, just the easy path, the path of least resistance, video games, you name it, complete utter geek. Yeah, yeah. and that's you know? a My tale is all this time. I can totally relate to that. And it's yeah. funny because, again, the choice of superheroes is like comic books. That's obviously like almost the most escapist of escapism. Yeah. Um, but, and yes, yeah, so you were doing that forever. That was just always a part of personality. And because that point of view, you just never let this other side flower. But like, yeah. Yeah. Like even like cartoons as well. Like, you know, like, because cause I learned filmmaking as well. If I watch a film, if a movie's bad, then I'll learn, I'll work out why it's bad. I'll deconstruct it. And so, like, even if it's a bad movie, you know, like, I can still learn something from it. Um, so, yeah, like, so my ultimate escapism is watching cartoons mm. because there's no acting, there's no filmmaking. So, I can just sit and, like, enjoy a cartoon. Pure, enjoy, pure release. It's this, pure this release. Prison of reality. Ugh. Prison, yeah. You know, yeah. but that's how I, yeah, that's ultimately like how I like to relax or video games mm-hmm. if I want to stay up and, you know. Well, just quickly with that component, but do you reckon the escapist element, um, did you always feel like the escapist element, did you reckon there was any reason you wanted to escape when you were younger? Or you just liked it? I just loved it, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. I just loved acting. I just loved movies. I just loved... This were you con- always socially awkward? I guess is the better way of putting it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I was. Mm. Yeah, like I just didn't understand the rules of life. You know what I mean? Because maybe because I just based it all on movies. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I know too well. <laughs> Anyways, we should probably close it off there. There's a lot of stuff. Thank you very much for being on. Um, now, in even though you've already mentioned it once, let's do one clean plug now for your podcast that you wanted to mention. Uh, what was it called? It's called Actor Director Talk. Okay, and I'll check a link to that in the uh, description. Yeah, you can get it on uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your fine podcasts. 
And uh, we have an Instagram page as well. So I'll find quotes from uh, directors that might not make the podcast. So you'll get some value out of that as well. Nice. Again, links down in the description. Um, thank you so much for being on. This has been a varied chat all over the place, which has been awesome. So uh, thank you very much. And yeah, uh, we'll give you a listen. Great. Thanks, George. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sans Pants Radio, then why not subscribe to SansPantsPlus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's SansPantsPlus.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.